Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at the PPAI Expo. Kick the year off at the industry's largest promotional products trade show, January the 14th to 18th, 2018 in Las Vegas. This must-attend event features an exciting preview of thousands of the hottest new products, technology, and trends, the industry's best educational programming presented by thought leaders for professionals at every level, plus CAS, MAS certification credits, and networking for professionals who want to make meaningful connections with industry leaders, top suppliers, and distributors that will drive business growth. It is an absolute must-attend event. Join more than 20,000 industry colleagues, including all of us at Promo Kitchen, at the PPAI Expo in Las Vegas for a full week of insights, learning, and networking. You can register today at ppai.org slash expo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring boundary pushers, rabble-rousers, freaks, and geeks who are shaking up the $20 billion promotional products industry. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Common Skew, and today we are going to talk about some industry news that's been on everyone's minds, the coming together of Alpha Broder and Primeline. Joining me to discuss the merger is Norm Hollinger, CEO of Alpha Broder, and Jeff Letterer, CEO of Primeline. This is big news, really big news for our industry on a number of levels. Not only does this see the union of two industry powerhouse suppliers, but it transforms the industry's largest apparel supplier into a serious player in the hard goods space. This announcement also opens up the conversation about the consolidation in our channel, the rise of private equity's influence in our industry, and whether bigger really means better. Norm and Jeff are no strangers to the Promo Kitchen podcast. Each of them were featured as guests on separate episodes in late 2015. And with Norm, we interviewed him and Mike Rhodes after Alpha Broder's acquisition of Bodick and Rhodes. With Jeff, we discussed how his family business evolved over the years into one of the largest hard goods suppliers in the industry. According to the ASI Top 40 list, Prime was number 11 on the list and Alpha Broder was number one. This merger puts the combined company at well over $1 billion in promotional product sales. It's an astonishing number, and it's our goal in today's podcast to unpack what this merger means for both companies, its distributor customers, and the industry at large. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, and congratulations on this exciting announcement. Thank you. Thank you. So how are each of you feeling right now? We obviously feel great about this unique opportunity to bring two great companies together and make the appropriate strategic moves in this, as you put it, $20 billion plus industry. We all know what needs to be done. 
We all know that the customer and the customer's customer, the end user, are central to any plans that we make as an industry or as a company. And we're certain that this move brings us closer to meeting the needs of our customers. So, of course, they can meet the end user's needs. Yeah, absolutely. And how about you, Jeff? Well, so for me, it's exciting because I've always tried to position Prime and make the strategic moves that was good for our customer, good for our employees. And with what was happening in front of us in this industry, what I could see happening, this seemed to be the right strategic move. And so I'm really excited about it because it really gives us an opportunity to leverage both organizations, the best of the best of both organizations, and be able to take Prime and Alpha Broder to the next level together. Right, right. And so let's explore the mechanics of the merger. How is Prime being integrated into Alpha Broder's brand, sales, and operations team? Well, right at this point, each of us have separate brands, the Prime brand, along with all the sub-brands like Jetline and Source Abroad, and then there's obviously the Alpha Broder brand. And they both have really strong brand equity in this industry. And our goal is to make any changes that we consider completely seamless to the distributor and have them first and foremost in mind when and if we make any changes. But our goal is to continue to build the hard good side of the business and build that and leverage where we can leverage the Alpha Broder organization. And so we haven't outlined specifically any changes that have to happen. There are changes that we might want to make happen because it's good for everyone involved, customers specifically. So let's explore the mechanics of the transaction. How is Prime being integrated into Alpha Broder's brand, sales, and operations team? Norm, if you could take this one. Yes. Again, integration is an interesting term. Our companies are going to continue to run very much freestanding and in parallel as we work closely toward figuring out the right strategic and tactical moves to offer a holistic value proposition to our customer base. And that's the eventual goal, of course, is to make everything easier for our customers, make it easier for them to sell to their customers, create a one-stop shop, create an environment in which they can work with one partner and get the variety of the product that they need, whether that be hard goods or apparel. That being said, you know, we don't have firm, hard integration schedules. You know, we're going to do all the things that make sense, obviously, you know, sales cross-pollination and marketing cross-pollination. But to be clear, you know, certainly for the short term, probably for the midterm as well, the companies are going to continue to operate separately, but together, if that makes sense, right? There won't be much that changes immediately other than very, you know, quite a few things in the background that just make doing business with each of us easier, but doesn't necessarily make doing business with us differently on day one. Right. And... I know the press release had mentioned that, Jeff, you were going to be assuming the presidency of Alpha Broder's hard goods division. Can you talk a little bit about the new role that you'll be playing, what that looks like now and what it will look like over the next little while? Sure. And again, this is going to be an iterative process over time, but I'm going to be on the senior team along with Norm and Dan and Marty and a few others that are on the senior team there. And we're going to be looking at what's the right thing to do for the entire organization, what's great for customers, what's terrific for employees. And my role primarily is going to be making sure that the hard good division continues to thrive and and we get the right integration points where it makes sense for customers and employees. And I'm going to be working to take the best of the best on the prime side and AB side and trying to find the, the right balance there. And with the rest of the senior management team, 
Alpha Broder. And I could see that it's going to take some time to figure out how we're all going to work closely together. But at the end of the day, we all have the same goal. We want to grow. We want to have great benefits for the distributors and have a, a terrific culture internally. Jeff is always modest. We're a highly collaborative management team at Alpha Broder. And, and you know, Jeff, you know, his scope of authority and knowledge and understanding of the business is going to immediately go well beyond hard goods, you know, on the day we bring our companies together. I mean, Jeff is going to be at the very, very top of the management of this combined company. And, you know, he's going to step out well outside of his existing subject matter expert arena. And, you know, it's just going to be a very a collaborative management team. And Jeff's going to be a major part of, of the new co. Jeff, I'm going to ask you this question as the smaller of the two entities that's coming together in this merged environment. How do you feel your two teams mesh culturally as apparel and hard goods sourcing and fulfillment are just two very different animals? Yeah, I mean, the sourcing and fulfillment are a bit different, but it's really people that make that happen. And one of the things that attracted me to Alpha Broder, and I think Alpha Broder to Prime, and Norm can certainly talk about that, are the people. We have a seasoned management team at Prime. We have management that's been with the company for 35 years. We have employees up and down the line that have been with the company for that period of time, for 20 years and 15 years. And those are things that I'm certain that attracted Alpha Broder. But Alpha Broder has people, and I've met many of them, that have been with the organization in one form or another for just as long. And that culture is just as strong. And to me, having a strong culture and having the people are really what makes it happen and having the ability to have really open, clear, transparent dialogue. And so far in this discussion that's happened over the last, let's call it six months to eight months, we've been really able to have these very good open dialogues about what the future is going to look like. And so I felt really good about it. And my team who's been involved in it has felt really good about it. And so from that standpoint, even though the distribution and the purchasing might be different, there are things that we can learn on both ends. Well, I know that as someone who's been in the industry for almost 20 years now, when I heard about this news, like everyone else in the industry, my first reaction was, these are two supplier brands that have got a lot in common from a culture perspective. Norm, you've been on the podcast in the past, Jeff, as have you, and each of you have talked about this concept of doing the right thing and really investing in your people and having a customer-first approach. And I think that you've always talked about it in a way that's not cliche. You really, really, really mean it. And so my impression is that this is very complimentary as opposed to scratching my head going, hey, this doesn't make any sense. So that's a maybe man-on-the-street perspective. And Jeff, it was nice to get your answer on that. Norm, I want to ask you a question about sales strategy now that the two companies are together. I'm curious if the approaches around new customer acquisition or if it's increasing share of wallet with the existing distributor. And I'm sure it's probably a bit of both, but I'm wondering whether one stands out more than the other. Yeah, great question. I mean, clearly the latter is our focus. As you mentioned earlier, and as you mentioned in your preamble, Alpha Broder and Prime are both companies who have strong customer bases in the industry both independently and shared customers. And the point is, is, you know, we're going to reach out to those customers and begin to put programs and processes in place to make it easier for them to simply go about their business day to day. So our customers have to sell, right? I mean, that's what they do. And to the extent that they've got to spend time ordering and checking on orders and making sure orders are flowing through the system, that means they can't sell. So the point is, is our existing customer base is looking for ways to become more efficient 
and streamline their relationships and the number of partners they do business with. So we're very, very much focused on the existing customer base and growing share with those customers and creating a unique value proposition that doesn't exist in the industry today. Now, if a few new customers come our way, you know, we wouldn't take umbrage to that, but that's definitely not our focus. Our focus, to your point, is growing share with the existing customer base that each of our companies has. Right. And Norm, just a follow-up question on that. When, if ever, do you see a 1PO environment with your combined companies? We certainly see that in the future. And again, I think as you've heard Jeff say, I've listened to a few of his podcasts in the day, and, and I've said a few times, you know, integrations, when two companies come together, can be dangerous if you try to assign timelines in a vacuum. So our first goal is to go out and talk to our customers and try to find out you know, when their expectations would be and what they would gain from that. So we have a lot to learn in that regard. What we know is we're bringing together two great companies that can get anything done that we want to get done. You know, With the strength of our combined companies going forward, if our customers say that's of paramount importance and that's what we want you to do first, you know, we'll endeavor to do that right away. I think from a technology perspective and from a systems and operating perspective, we could do that quite quickly. But again, you know how these transactions work. You can't necessarily go out and pull your customers until, you know, you're finished with the financial details. And, right. and now that we're there, we'll begin that process immediately and then pursue things like you've just described, sort of single invoicing or single POs at the appropriate time. Right. Just an observation, what I think is really unique about this transaction is that this is the first time that a much larger apparel company has merged with a, a smaller hard goods supplier. And when I say smaller, it feels silly to call Prime smaller with revenues of over $100 million. But I suppose, relatively speaking, compared to Alpha sales, that's why I make that comparison. And my point is, is that this is the first time you've seen this where what you've seen in the past is you've seen much larger hard goods suppliers that have either merged or acquired a smaller apparel supplier. So a prominent example of that would be Leeds and Polyconcept acquiring Trimark. Or you could also say with CJ and his team at HIT when they brought in apparel. Now, I know that wasn't through a merger or acquisition, but they introduced apparel. I think that this acquisition is going to turn a lot of heads because it's going to imply now that the industry's largest supplier has now got larger by offering hard goods. And that's an industry first, which I think is really interesting. Jeff, do you have any comment about that as to whether that's good or bad in the industry's eyes? I think the way to look at it would be, how can we make it easier for distributors to do business with us? And that's our number one goal. And so from that standpoint, I think it's a good thing. To the extent that mergers and companies that are doing alliances have a lot of different flavors. And if yep. you can't get the culture right, you can't get the people right, you can't get the processes right, that's where things break down. And so we at Prime have done many acquisitions over the last many years, six in the last 10 years, and Alpha Broder has done many as well. And so we're both seasoned at it. We both understand how to do it and how to do it with the least amount of interruption with the customer. So from the standpoint that you're talking to us about a Prime and Alpha Broder in this case. We have experience on ways to make it better for the distributor, better for the employee, and ultimately a, a winning combination. The key with these deals is finding a way to do it smart, do it slow, and listen to customers. And right. I think at the end of the day, that's the thing that counts for them. How can we put more money in their pocket to make it easier for them to go get the sale 
and to make it completely seamless. Right. Segwaying over to another question about consolidation, and I'm going to direct this one to you, Norm. What do you think about the increased consolidation in the industry, and do you see this happening at a more rapid clip over the next five years? Yes. First of all, I think consolidation is good if it's done properly. And, right. and by properly, I mean you know, the larger NUCO as a result of that transaction still has their eye focused on the customer and by being a larger company have more financial and other resources to bring to bear you know, to solving problems and creating value propositions. So yes, I think consolidation is good. And I think this industry has shown that over the many years. You know, to Jeff's point earlier, Alfred Broder has done quite a few transactions and our product offering has simply grown as a result of each one. Ten years ago, Alfred Broder offered 28,000 unique SKUs. Now, here in 2017, it's 104,000. And that comes from reaching out and finding companies to partner with, bringing those companies into the fold and creating a new company that's got a broader product offering. And of course, you know, those are products I'm mentioning, but there's also service offerings that improved as well. So yes, I think consolidation is absolutely great for this industry and has been and will continue to be. And yes, I agree that the pace of that consolidation is going to accelerate, I think, both on the supplier and the distributor side. And I think it's a good thing for the industry. Listen, you know, we all know the reality. The reality is, is the economy today is much more dynamic than it's ever been. The advent of technology and other disruptive behavior out in the marketplace and you know, the way for our industry to weather that is to make sure that we've got the financial resources and, quite frankly, the mind share you know, to go out there and see the future and respond to it. And it, it doesn't require that companies be large to do that. Believe me, there are many great smaller companies that are unbelievably nimble and will do well. You know, but I do think it's, in many ways it's helpful for a company to be large because when you're larger, you can make those big investments and right. you can allocate those investments over a larger customer base. Right. Well, and Jeff, I want to ask this question of you as a hard goods supplier that have grown your business to a really nice, large size. Was there some of you and your family, as you were considering the merger with Alpha Broder, that the way Prime was going to exponentially grow was through either a merger or acquisition versus organic growth? I'm curious as to your mindset as to how it is that you approach this particular arrangement in terms of accelerating your growth. So it's always been my plan to position Prime and our employees in, in the best way strategically with the vision of growing. Acquisitions are in our DNA, and that's how we've grown over the last many years. And for me, it's always been what's next and what's going to happen to the industry, what's going to happen to Prime, how can I best position Prime into the future. And it has always been something that I considered either private equity and or a merger with other organizations. And this is certainly what I consider positioning prime with this Alpha Broder merger, an important step to positioning us for the next level as a hard good supplier. And it's been my dream to be able to build something in a way that sets us up for the future. And I think right. this does that and yep. I'm excited about it. So, Norm, what do you make of private equity's increasing influence in the promotional products industry? And I ask this question noting that Alpha Broder has a significant amount of private equity behind it, and you see this with other suppliers like Polyconcept, Hub. I see that Cross was just acquired by a private equity firm. 
And then, of course, you have private equities influence on the distributor side with larger companies like Halo, Brand Edition, AIA. So my question to you, Norm, is this a good or a bad thing for the industry? Well, great question. First, I'd like to speak from our specific lens at Alpha Broder, and that is it's been great. Now, we're fortunate to have great private equity sponsors, and private equity is like any entity, right? There are folks at at all ends of the scale, good, bad, and somewhere in between. We happen to have an amazing partner. And so from our perspective, it's been nothing but tremendous. They brought us access to capital that we wouldn't have had otherwise. They're great advisors. They have 13 other businesses, and there are many parallels in some of those other businesses with regards to what we're trying to achieve in the market. And so it's a great environment for us. Now, on a broader scale, I think that in general, anything that brings more capital into an industry is a good thing. Now, that capital can come from privately owned partnerships, or it can come from family-run businesses. So private equity doesn't necessarily have to be the avenue for that investment and that capital. But I think in many industries, it does provide that. So I think it's been a a good outcome for our industry. I think our industry is healthier today than it's ever been. And again, I wouldn't ascribe that to private equity investment. But as you stated, private equity has made a presence in this industry in the last five to 10 years. And so I think it has helped. Right. And just a follow up to that, Norm, noting that sometimes the expectations and motivations of an outside private equity vendor may be a little bit different than that of capital that comes from more organic means. Do you think that there's a risk if an investee or an invested company is not meeting its numbers or the expectations of that of a private equity firm that that private equity may come in and tweak things that may be incompatible with the standard industry supply chain? So what I'm specifically referring to is, let's say a private equity firm is not getting their numbers from a particular supplier they've invested in. They come in and say, you know what, this whole distributor and client supplier model isn't making sense for us based on these financial returns. We're now going to go and create a model that sells direct and gets rid of the distributor because we see that as a greater path to financial performance. Is that a risk or am I overthinking that? No, I don't think you're overthinking at all. I I think there's no doubt that when any sort of classic outside influences begin to take hold in, in an industry or any given space, there's that concern. Again, I, I hearken back to my earlier comment about the private equity sponsor themselves. Are they well-educated by management? Do they work very closely with management? Has management done a good job both early on in the process before private equity made the investment and then, of course, downstream once they've worked closely together in ensuring that those private equity sponsors do understand the industry? So again, I think at the scale, at the end of the spectrum of, of good private equity partners, I, th- I think that they would always do things that are in the best interest of the industry, and they'll understand that industry. Of course, again, at the other end of the scale, there could be an issue. So overall, I, I firmly believe that good private equity sponsors have a track record of understanding an industry, understanding the dynamics of those industries, and protecting those dynamics for the greater good. And, and my experiences through the years with private equity firms have been on, on the very positive side. Certainly, there are stories out there that that take on other descriptions. But again, same thing with family-run businesses or any other construct of a business. There's folks that are good at what they do and not so good. And you just have to strive to make sure that you're partnering with folks that are good. Jeff, I'll ask you this question. You can answer in specific or general terms. It doesn't matter. I'm curious when you combine the customer lists of both organizations, what kind of runway 
or additional opportunity is there for you, Jeff, and your prime team now that you have access to Alpha Broder's customer list? Like, are you looking at distributors there that you have A, not worked with or B, haven't heard of because you're smaller? Or did you see that there was an almost, you know, 90 to 100% lineup of customer accounts? Well, look, the nature of the businesses are a little bit different. Alpha Broder primarily sells blanks to decorators and or yep. promotional product distributors. And so those decorators are certainly a network that we weren't working with on the prime side at any great scale. And so yep. there's opportunity certainly there. But at the end of the day, we think that we can continue to expand our offering with our existing customer base. And certainly there's customers that we're going to be able to pick up and vice versa. Once we get into this, we're going to look and listen to the customer, listen to what's good for them, and try to find ways and services and products that are going to be able to grow the business. We have a great footprint. We have, I think, a terrific reputation. We have amazing products on the prime side and, and the AB side, and we're obviously going to leverage where it makes sense. There's absolutely opportunity to do that. And right. I think the key thing is relationships. We have at Prime amazing relationships with our customers, with our employees, and our management team. It's a seasoned team. And when you have that, that consistency is going to drive business. And on the Alpha Broder side, they've got this seasoned team. And so you have this two seasoned executive team, management team, employees that are going to come together in a way that's going to be able to service the customers in a much more proactive way. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So Jeff, I've got a question for you about the decision to merge with Alpha, given that you're a family business. I noted in the discussion that we had a couple of years ago, you spent a lot of time talking about how your father, Bob, had started the company in 1980 and had built it up as a self-financed or largely self-financed business. You had started in the warehouse as a kid, stuffing envelopes, and then grew into the role that you're in today. Whereas Alpha's experience has just been different with regard to the outside capital and professional management with Norm and his team that have been brought in. Was it an emotional decision for you or was it just business as usual and this is the next step in your roadmap? Well, I guess a combination of both. Certainly it's an emotional decision. This has been something that's been in my blood for and will continue to be in my blood for a long time. And my family has a lot of emotion tied to the business, and they also have a lot of pride with what we've all been able to create here. At the same time, it's being pragmatic. We are looking at what's the right thing to do for my role as the CEO is to find what was the right thing for the company, right thing for shareholders, right thing for customers. And I feel like I've done that. I, yep. And I have to position Prime for the future. And AB and Prime together is the future of this industry. We're going to change the industry in a very positive way. And we're going to embrace the distributor network and we're going to really grow together with that distributor network and, and help enable them to help them grow. Right. Yeah, of course, there's emotion tied to it, but there's also a strong business angle to it because that's what this is all about. We're in business to make money. We're in business to grow. We're in business to support customers and employees. And so from that standpoint, we're coming together with this merger to make things happen. Right. Norm, I want to end on... Uh question for you and ask you about what Alpha looks like in five years. Are there more acquisitions, strategic partnerships, mergers in the future? I know I'm asking you to look in the crystal ball and it's maybe an unfair question, but I'm curious in five years, is Alpha $3 billion 
on the ASI Top 40 list? First of all, it's a very fair question, and I'm very comfortable answering that in partnership with Jeff and Dan and more than a few other executives at Alpha Broder. Yes, our, our combined goal is to double the size of our company in that five-year span that you've spoken of. It's one of the reasons why we're so excited about partnering with Jeff and Prime. You know, we certainly see some M&A activity that's still in front of us on the apparel side, but I think the landscape for the hard goods side is is a much broader landscape and, quite frankly, a bigger win. And so, yes, we will immediately, you know, as we continue to move forward as a combined company, look for realistic and meaningful M&A activity that's going to benefit, again, our customers. Right. And Jeff, I actually want to squeeze one more in here for you. Your advice for a supplier, a smaller supplier. So let's say there's a supplier that's doing, let's say, $20 million in sales, certainly a decent sized supplier within the space, hard goods or apparel, it doesn't really matter. Significantly smaller than Prime and obviously significantly smaller than your combined entities now. What advice would you have to them to weather the storm over the next five years? Well, first of all, I... I hope there's never a storm for my industry colleagues. I mean, at the end of the day, a healthy industry is good for everyone. And what I would recommend any supplier to do is to look for products and services that are unique to them and focus as best they can on building that business in a profitable way. If you're trying to just be a Me Too company and then trying to compete with some of the larger suppliers, it's going to be very hard to do that. from a product perspective, from a cash perspective, from a compliance and operational. It requires a lot of money to build and grow a company, but if you can do it in a very focused way, I think you can be successful in this industry. And if you would like to partner with other companies, like we've done many times before, and to try to grow that entity, we're also happy to have those discussions with them. But more than anything is to focus and do what you do best. Right. I think that's a great way to end this discussion. And I know that I would certainly chime in that that advice is quite timeless. Certainly over the last several years and having run this podcast, we've learned that that advice applies to really anyone in this industry. You could argue just anyone in business, period, whether you're a distributor, a supplier, service provider, whatever the case may be. I think that the age, particularly as we hit 2018 of the Me Too distributor or the Me Too supplier, I think their days are unfortunately numbered. And I think that that's what I refer to about the storm. I just think that you've got excellent large distributors or excellent niche distributors, the same as you've got excellent large suppliers and excellent niche suppliers that are there to really take the business. No one needs to deal with another Me Too drinkware vendor. No one on the supplier side and certainly no one on the end client side needs to deal with another Me Too distributor that's just out there cutting price. So I love your advice there, Jeff. I think it's really sound. And I think the future is very, very bright for our industry, whether you're a distributor or supplier, provided the value proposition is there and there's not too much Me Too. With that, Jeff and Norm, I wanted to reiterate my congratulations to you and your teams. I think that this is a wonderful announcement. I think that it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next 12 months as the industry digests this news and to see what other deals happen in the industry, or at least in the wake of this. So again, congratulations and thank you so much for taking the time to do this. 
Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.